0: So earlier in the week, um, I was kind of like thinking, do I share a bit of my story uh, when I'm preaching? What is it that I speak on? And I think there will be a time where I think actually it would be good to share stories about kind of where I've come from and the fact that I got saved at the age of 20 through doing the Alpha course. And there's lots of other things within that. But I think actually today I was, I was kind of in the week walking through town, going back to the car, and I was kind of like thinking, what is it that i you know, God, you want me to be speaking to the church um, this morning? and and really it was actually just these words just came to mind which was to be rooted, to be fruitful and to be pruned and so that's what we're going to be looking at um, today and it really follows on really well from Chrissy's superb message last week about the armour of God. Um, it was an amazing thing that just kind of walking away and just applying in my own life of just thinking and rethinking about what it is to put on the armour of God and as as sons and daughters of God, to never, ever take off the armour and to really be on our guard each and every day. Um, and really, this is kind of just linking in. So be rooted is the importance of knowing who we are in Christ and how we need to stay rooted in him. To be fruitful is being fruitful and multiplying is an encouragement that we're not to keep the good news to ourselves and keep Jesus under wraps. We have the best news ever, and we're encouraged to proclaim the truth. And then to be pruned, even when we're being fruitful, there's still opportunity to be pruned so even more fruit can be produced. And those are the kind of three areas that I want us to, to look at um, this morning as we go through. So be rooted. We're going to dip into different verses. Um, so if you don't have a Bible with you, don't have your phone with a Bible app, um, please don't pretend you've got the Bible app and you're just looking at your phone. All right, then um, just listen to these because I just will read these out. These are just different verses. But the Be Rooted, Rooted is a, a passage that Paul writes a letter um, to the church in Colossae. Um, and he's in prison and he's writing this encouragement. He says, For though I am absent in flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So verse 7, rooted and built up in him. And rooted means strong, healthy and stable. So get that in your head and in your heart. Remaining rooted is strong, healthy and stable. And one thing that helps me, I'm I'm quite a a creative person in the sense of just using lots of imagery in my mind. That's the kind of way I tick. Um, Just things like think of a really large tree that's been well-established for decades. What we can see above the ground is obviously the tall structure we have to look up, and we may see it kind of um, like the fruit on it. Um, You can see all that happening. But underground, we know then there's a network of roots that go deep and wide. And most of the time we can't see um, those roots. The only way that tree can stay remaining, a stand remaining, is the fact that it's got those deep roots. No roots, it falls over. In fact, I remember just now that story in the summary part, you remember years ago where just some trees just seemed to randomly fall over in the car park. Miraculously, nobody got hurt. The fact is they found on the outside it looked healthy. But on the inside, it was diseased and the very fact that actually it just collapsed. And so we've got to think about actually how deeply rooted we are in Christ. And we know what it's like in life. We get bombarded by this world. Remember what Chrissy was saying about the armour of God. If we took off the armour, then we would be affected in such a big way that we would just run away and we would hide away. because, Because actually we know this world is constantly bombarding stuff at us. We get those, those voices in our heads about, you are worthless, you are rubbish, you are no good, and there's the end of my preach. No, it's actually, it's thinking about, these are the messages that we get thrown at us. Do you get them? Because I, I get them, yeah? When actually we need to remain rooted and remind ourselves about the truth, that's why getting into God's word, that's why getting alongside one another, praying for one another, encouraging and building one another up, is so, so important. Because if we don't, those roots won't go deep and wide. They will be shallow, and if anything happens to us, we quickly fall over, and we flee from where we know should be the safest place, and that is in the arms of Jesus. Being rooted for us is so, so important, but we know the temptation to flee is also a very easy option when trouble comes. Now, if you imagine like that, that tree that, as I say, was deeply rooted. Now, can you just think if there was a drought and uh, there's been months and months of no rain and the ground is really, really hard, does the tree get up and move? Now, you might say, you know, of course it doesn't because it physically can't do that. Just, just bear with me, all right, in this. It doesn't move. It remains fixed in the ground. And there are times in life when we think, where is God? There are times in life where things you might feel like you've hit a bit of a rock bottom. You might be looking at all these walls around you thinking, I feel trapped. I don't know what to do. Maybe it's mental health issues. Maybe it's a spiritual attack. Maybe just things that are happening in your day-to-day where you just feel stones are being thrown at you and you're thinking, I feel really, really weak. That may be like a drought for you where you're thinking, where are you, God? But I want to encourage you to be like, that tree and just remain because God is always with us. That's what we believe. God is always with us, but there are times when we think, actually, where is He? But I want to encourage you to hold in on there, hold in, because because we know that He never ever fails. And I can tell you, in my life, there's been times where I think, where is God? I, I'm kind of like thinking about all these different things and. But the problem is as you start to do that you start to kind of drift away from God because you you try to then think of your own solution. We need to draw back and just say no I'm going to wait on God. And those are the precious times that we need to to come back to scripture not to keep the problem to ourselves, not to go shouting around on our placards and saying, whoa, I'm going through all these problems. But actually, this is why church is so important, because community of getting alongside like-minded people and just saying, look, I'm really struggling. Can you pray with me? Can you just come and just, just hear what I'm saying? I don't know what to do. Could you give me some wisdom? Isn't it great that God created the church? not to be on our own and to do things and try and figure out on our own what do we do. He brought us all together. I mean, just look to the person next to you and just imagine in your mind right now, where else would you hang out with them? Yeah, absolutely. But we must remain rooted. And what we need is the help of the Holy Spirit each and every day to help us through what's going to happen. Do you know, remember what Jesus said about do not worry about tomorrow because we've got enough troubles for today? He's not like being a party pooper. He's just, he just knows the fact that across today, we've got things to work through, things to kind of focus on. Don't start delving into what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, and so on. It's actually, let's enjoy today. Let's work through what's happening today. But we need the Holy Spirit. Often when I'm walking the dogs first thing in the morning, I am kind of awake, but sometimes feeling quite sleepy as I'm walking along the common. But actually, in those moments, I'm just finding myself, just want to say, I just want to get in a place of thanking God. I just want to thank God. I want to praise his name today. Holy Spirit, will you help me to run away from temptation? Will you help me to keep my eyes fixed on you? It's so important for me to do that. And maybe you're in this room today saying, I'm not a morning person. In fact, you may be here right now and thinking, I'm not even awake right now. But get in a place, get in a habit to say, actually, I want to ensure that I start whenever my day starts to say, Jesus, I want to give this day to you. Today, Jesus, I want you to help me as I walk through today. Help me to have courage and boldness. I am a good news carrier. Make sure Lord Jesus, help me in those moments to be an encourager to others and to proclaim the truth about Jesus. You remember what Chrissy said last week about the fact that we can talk about church Christianity, we can talk about all these things. But the moment you speak about Jesus, Jesus' name is above every other name. And so if we carry the name of Jesus, we are the good news carriers. But we need to be in a place of knowing that we're deeply rooted in him so that we can then be a people that proclaim the good news. So church, let's remain rooted. And then as I say, the support and love of people around you is really, really important. And in very wealthy um, countries like, um, for example, like Japan, where they build skyscrapers, they know that they're in regions that have earthquakes, tremors. So what do they do when they build the foundations? They put these systems in place that, that actually they're like these coiled springs, I think they are, that, that actually is the, if a tremor comes, the building kind of moves with it. And it reduces the risk of damage or even, even worse, collapse. Do you know... Each and every day, we need the Holy Spirit to be like that in our lives, to know that actually, as we are looking to Him, that even when tremors hit our lives, that that actually with His help, we move with it. And we can work through it. Do you know there's an enemy out there that wants to see you collapse and be destroyed? Well, actually the Holy Spirit does the opposite and helps build us up. And so let's make sure that we do that. Stability is so, so key in our day-to-day. And then there's other things that can uproot us. I said this at the Wednesday gathering, um, Wednesday just gone, that, that actually what happens is things around us can really knock us. And one of the things I'm really noticing is how the media gets into our mind. You know that, that actually there was... Do you remember there used to be a discussion about Brexit? And then Brexit went, and then we've had, obviously, the pandemic. And I don't know if you've just seen creeping in now. is that It's like the pandemic has almost become a bit boring. And so they're now moving on to, is it a monkeypox, is what they're talking about? And actually, this is one of the things that can really sow doubt and fear and insecurity into us, is how these things like the media just want to keep portraying worry upon yourself. One of the, I think one of the worst questions that we see, I, I hear is how worried should we be about this? You may not have been worried before, but the moment you hear that, it's like, oh, actually, I've got to be on the scale of how worried do I need to be. It starts to sow doubt and fear. I just want to encourage you to just be careful what you take in. And if you're susceptible to this kind of news that you know is going to get you down, you may need to really think about, actually, how do I limit myself from being exposed to all this news. I just really felt that was really important to just bring that today, because I think sometimes fear and doubt starts to uproot us and move us away from the safety of being in the presence of Jesus. If you ever get worried about the news and things like that, get alongside others and say, can you pray for me, help me? And maybe today that's something that you just need prayer over to see breakthrough happen. Because this stuff feeds us, but it can feed us in a really unhealthy way. The other thing that can happen is that we can be tempted then to return to our old life. Who's been tempted to do that, to run back? I know, you're all perfect. Okay. But actually, there is a temptation to go back to the things that we used to know. But we are now a new creation. The old has gone. So let's make sure that we keep rooted, keep planted, firmly looking into the eyes of Jesus and being renewed and refilled each and every day by the Holy Spirit. That will keep you rooted. So do you want to remain rooted in Jesus? Yeah. Some of you do, that's great. So the next one is be fruitful and multiply. So in the book of Genesis, one of the themes running through the phrase is be fruitful and multiply. I'll just read out some of these examples. Um, in Genesis 1:27 to 28, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and. Okay, I'm going to get you to join in. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's what he said to the first people he created, Adam and Eve. In Genesis 9, he says to Joah, Joah? Noah, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and. And fill the earth. In Genesis 17, to Abraham, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. In Genesis 35, to Jacob, also God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and a nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you and kings shall come from your body. There's a, a running theme. There's lots of themes that run through the book of Genesis, but be fruitful and multiply is a message that as that, that baton is being passed on to the next generation, to the next generation, and so on and so on. That actually be fruitful and multiply. Isn't it temp- tempting to kind of close in on ourselves and think of self? Yeah. We've got to remind one another be fruitful. And multiply. It means you begin to look out and go forward. You see, God's kingdom on earth was not to remain in one place. But through us, he chooses to use us. Isn't God good? And mystifying that he wants to use us to go and take his good news through every corner of the earth. And for people like Abraham, God promised, I will make nations of you but the amazing thing is, Abraham was only likely to see like the beginnings of that. And I think that's something for us today as a church, as his church, is to not get so caught up in that things need to be built around me. It's to be built for the kingdom of God. It's for us to be fruitful and multiply. It's for us to make an impact in the time that we're on this earth and to ensure that when we leave this earth, it doesn't just stop with us. It's not built around me. It's all built for God's kingdom, for His name to advance. So let's build, making sure we've got the mentality and the heart to be fruitful and to multiply and to have fun and to enjoy it along the way. So, what does Jesus say to His church about being fruitful and multiplying? The good news of Jesus is powerful. It is life-changing. And for most of us in this room, if you know Jesus in this place, you know how much it's changed you. You know the difference it's made in your lives. Yet we know there are thousands of people on this island, billions of people in this world that don't yet know Jesus. And we're called to be missional. We are called to go and advance. Sometimes we have in our head that we've got to be a people that have got to go reach the thousands now. Or through what I do, I, it's no good if I just spend time with one or two people. Do you know what? Wherever you are, you can make a difference. Whether it's to your neighbor, a family member, a work colleague, or to groups of people, whatever it is, you are called to a certain place. And it doesn't matter if it's one, or hundreds, or thousands. Just Do the work of Jesus. Take the good news wherever you go. That be fruitful and multiply, like what the story with Abraham is like a relay race. In my earlier days, I used to do running. Um, I was actually the 100-meter sprint champion in my school. And there was more than one person at that school before you think like that, all right? But actually, you used to then take part in relay races. And in a relay race, whether it's the 100 meters or the 4x400 the, the um, meter race, is that you're working as a team. And it means you carry the baton one person at a time. And if you do the 400, you know that as you come around the last bend, you're starting to get ready with the baton. And you know the person in front of you is about to then take the baton from you and to then run. Do you know being fruitful and multiplying? We need to have a mindset and a heart to work like that of saying we need to pass on. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take, but we need to be a people that say we're going to pass on the baton to then the next generation. We want Shiloh Church, we want the churches across this island, we want the churches across this world to be baton carriers that isn't just doesn't stop with us as a generation, but it goes on and on and on. And so we need to hand the baton over. But, but actually, it doesn't matter what age, particularly I felt for, for the older generation in this room, the temptation might be able to say, and I've heard it sadly, where people say, well, because of my age, I now stand almost like, and, and it's now over to the younger generation. Now, partly that is true, because I hear the heart in that, but actually, you've still got a part to play. And actually, I see that happen here on uh, midweek with the cafes and things like that taking place. Be a generation... The older generation, I want you to be a generation that looks and says, how can I still play my part? And if you've got mobility issues and you think, I can't really get along and serve. Do you know what? Where was Paul when he wrote to the church in Colossae? He was in prison, but he could still pray for them. He could still encourage them. Play your part. We can all play our part to be fruitful and multiply. God's heart for this church is to be fruitful. And is to multiply. Not so Shiloh Church can go, hey, we're seeing more people come through on a Sunday. That's successful. That's been something we've talked to, I've been in conversations for years. What do you consider is successful in the life of the church? And during the pandemic and during the lockdowns, it kind of like take that step back approach and start to think about, actually, what is success in the life of the church? And I grew a bit frustrated because I thought, actually, success, if you were to ever use that word, surely should be seeing people saved, to seeing people encounter the presence of God. But I'd slipped pre-pandemic, I'd slipped into this thought that actually the more bums on seats on a Sunday morning is successful. I think that's how the enemy wants to work and get you to think about actually these things. When actually it's about the fact that we want to see people transformed and added to the church for the glory of his name, not for anyone else's name. It's the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. So it's important that we, we think about actually being fruitful and multiply. And the fact is that on your vision, you've only got one of these left in the foyer, by the way, and I've got it, but actually multiplication in Genesis or multiply actually can also mean abundance. And on the front here, we've got vision, for abundance. I love the fact that your vision is, or our vision, is a vision about actually wanting to see multiplication. It's got to be our heart. It's got to be in our prayer lives. It's got to be, come on, God, we want to see more lives transformed. So let's be a church that is, continues to be fruitful and multiply. And then the last thing I want to touch on, and you know what a preacher says the last thing, because you know they just go on and on, but actually is to be Prunes. So, what have we got? We've been to be rooted, to be fruitful and multiply, and now it's about pruning. And in John fifteen, verse one to eight, in fact, I'll just read out um, a couple of these verses. Actually, Jesus is with his disciples, and he says, "This I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear." more fruit. Almost kind of quite odd if you kind of don't know what, what pruning looks like and what the effect is. And I remember when I first read it, I just carried on reading it because I was like, I don't know what that really means. Bear more fruit. He, he prunes us. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That sounds harsh. But actually, if you are saying you're a follower of Jesus, but you're still kind of wanting to live the old lifestyle, that's, that's, that's actually like a, a branch that's not getting any fruit. It needs to be cut away. Jesus can be quite strong with his words, yeah? But he he actually then says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. It's important we remain connected to Jesus. Wherever we go, we remain connected. Now, I'm not a gardener, all right? We have got a garden. I know how to mow the grass. I can water the garden. I think I know what weeds are, all right, and uh, most of the time I think I pull out the right ones. So actually maintaining, I can do that, but I don't really have the appetite to go to a, uh, a garden shop and buy flowers. It just doesn't really... Trees are good because they're big, you know, like some of that. it's like I think it's more of a guy's thing, actually, you just go in there and buy the biggest thing. But actually, Kim does like buying flowers and plants a little bit, and um, she grew. Uh, bought some rose bushes a few years ago and just put it in the ground, and I think that's all you have to do, water it, and that's absolutely fine. That's all you need to do. And we got some fruit trees as well, and I thought, that's you just water it and you get fruit. Great. Actually, you need to do some pruning. And in the winter, as you get towards springtime, there was one time that I remember Kim was saying, I'm going to go and um, prune the rose bushes, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And I went out in the garden a few minutes later, and all that was left was like what I thought was just these stalks. And I thought, you've killed it. What have you done? And it's like, no, no, you have to be ruthless. You have to to prune. And the same goes when Kim goes out with a saw to cut bits of the tree off. I'm like, no, it's got to be big. Leave it big, because that's what it's meant to look like. There's a competitive edge to me that actually wants to go, it's got to grow as big as possible. And And then the guy thing is like, that's really good. But no, actually, you cut it back. And of course, Kim is right. What happens is that the rose bushes grew back fuller, more flowers, and the trees uh, are just growing more fruit. There's something about pruning which is a really, really healthy thing to do. In church life, we love to serve one another, don't we? We want to honour one another. We want to get alongside people and pray for them. We want to be able to hear God's voice. But there can be a danger if we've been serving in a particular area. And please, please, at the end, don't go up to Chrissy and say, I think I'm going to step back from serving. All right. Please hear the heart in what I'm about to say. All right. But actually, sometimes we serve in areas where we've just got so stuck in routine that also we can get into a place where we say, actually, this, this ministry area is mine. No one else can come in. That's when it starts to become unhealthy. When we get stuck, or when we start to say, No, this ministry area in the life of the church is mine. To be a really fruitful church and to be a fruitful individual in God's kingdom, we need to actually constantly remain open and say, Lord Jesus, is there somewhere in my life you need to prune me? Now, there are things that, even if they're good things, do you know what? I was, I think, up to the second lockdown. I was enjoying life at the rock. Things were going well. It was, but then it was starting to ask God, well, is this time to change? And at the time, as I said before, we didn't really know what that was going to look like. Pruning was taking place. And at times I was thinking, God, what are you doing in this season in our lives? But the very fact we can now begin to see the fruit of what he's brought us into, the, the fact that I'm really excited being here you can see God's work at hand and so we need to remain open and by the way i do get it wrong quite often okay i've not got this right <laughs> often in my life but actually it's important that we own hands open wide and say lord jesus is there things in my life where actually even if i'm bearing fruit are there things that need to be pruned but the fact is when you get pruned it can be uncomfortable We like to remain in things that we know what we know. Who here, particularly as anyone here who was born on the island, really likes change? Okay, seriously, hands up. Who really likes change in this? Yeah, I like change. There are some things, actually, I like remain the same, all right? So Spurs remaining above Arsenal. I don't want that to change, all right? Yeah, although I can see spurs are going to do a really spursy thing today and lose and lose their chance. Anyway, that's, that's another uh, conversation for another time. But actually, it is really, really important that actually we can say, in God's kingdom, change can be really, really good and really, really healthy. What becomes unhealthy is when I've heard people say over the years that this is my ministry. And my ministry means back off. My ministry means that nobody else can do that. And I guarantee if people have the attitude and the mindset of saying, my ministry, do you remember the relay race? That's almost like someone kind of thinking, right, I'm going to pass it on to somebody. And as they run up to the next person that's going to do the next lap, they suddenly go, nope, this is mine. And they then carry on and do another lap. And then they see the third person. They go, no, I'm going to keep going. What's going to happen? They're going to tire out. They're going to get disillusioned. Nobody else comes through. And actually that part of the area of the church could just collapse and fall apart. And sadly, churches have have stopped because of that very reason. Shiloh Church, let's be a church that hands wide open and saying, Lord, what is it you're saying to us? Don't just leave that to an annual event. It's something that we continuously need to just say, Lord, what are you saying? Because we love it when God speaks. So when he speaks, when we say we love it, there'll be times when he challenges us. But actually, if he's challenging us to see fruit so the church then multiplies even more, then let's be obedient. Let's step out and let's follow what he says. It's uncomfortable though, yeah? Pruning is uncomfortable. I want to acknowledge that. Years and years ago, I used to... In fact, it was the same time that Chrissy was doing youth ministry here. I was doing youth ministry at The Rock. And actually, I was really, really enjoying it. I was loving it. In fact, we were having a really good time. But then there was a moment, a part, where just God started to take us through this time of saying, it's time to change. I didn't know what that looks like. In fact, that day when I said, I'm going to be stopping working at The Rock that time, I said to Phil... I just said, I don't know what to do. And actually then he said, I I know there's a job coming up at what was a place called Drug Concern at the time. It's where I'm doing some hours, they're now known as Independence, for drug education in schools. And I thought, well, maybe that's something I could do. And that was a job that I did, but actually I could see that I was being fruitful in another setting on the island. Going into every school, going into the prison. Teaching police officers about different types of substances. I was even at Queen's Road Medical Centre doing a session about needle exchange. And there I am, at 8.30 in one morning, standing in front of all these doctors, and in my head is thinking, what on earth am I doing here? (laughs) But they were asking me questions, and I'm thinking, this is just nuts, this is just mad. But you know what, when you trust God, he puts you in places that you would never, ever have dreamed of. And it can be fun, it can be nerve-wracking as well, but it can be fun. I encourage you to be open to what God's saying. What is he saying in your life? And maybe God's been speaking to you in the last few days or weeks and you're thinking, is that him or not? I want to say to you, there's an opportunity at the end to to come and be prayed for. So we've looked at very briefly today about being rooted, being fruitful and multiplying and being pruned. There is something about it being active, something about us being continuously doing this. So church, are you prepared to be open today? Are you prepared to say, Lord, I I want us to be on this journey. I want us to remain rooted. In my life, I want to remain rooted. I want to see a church in this community that is being fruitful and multiplying. We want to see God's kingdom advancing and making a difference on this island and beyond these shores as well. And at the same time, are we open to be improved? Open for God to say, It's time for a season to put that down. I want you to pick this up. Or maybe, no, I just want you to just wait in there and just wait on me and and I will be speaking into this situation.